You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. Do you understand the rights I have just read to you? Yes. With these rights in mind, do you wish to speak to me? Yes. All right, proceed. Did you just read read me my Miranda rights? I did read you your Miranda rights. I just felt like it was a good way to start, considering you know Norman gets arrested. I like how whenever I get whenever I start these, it's it's with like, <laughs> it's with Miss New Booty, but but when you started, it's reading it's reading me my rights. Yep. Well, welcome back, Bates Babes. Um, hey, Bates Babes. You're arrested for just, being babes. hey Just Just to <laughs> um, clear one thing up before we get into it, there was no contender for Miss New Booty this episode. No. Sad. I honestly thought about just hitting record and being like, no Miss New Booty. There was not a, there was no, <laughs> no one even competed for Miss New Booty this episode. It was sad. It was really it's, sad. Also, it's just been a rough week for me because I still sound like a man. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. We both decided to take a bite of ice cream or a sip of tea at the same time. Right? <laughs> um, where do we even... Again. Every episode now of this podcast, it's like, where do we start? You know what? I just realized that we didn't talk before starting this about how we were going to go about talking about this episode. We normally do talk about it, but... Oops. <laughs> I think we're just gonna just, let's just let's dive it. right in. Yeah. Let's dive right in. Um, first off, shout out to Freddie Highmore for directing. I honestly really enjoyed the cinematography and just it's the always flow good, of this episode. Um, also, I think Freddie Highmore and I just really love animals, and that always makes me happy. Lots of animals in this episode. So many Some of them animals. dead. Some of them alive. <laughs> Yeah, Take good mix. <laughs> Take your pick, you know. This is good. You can yeah. see me. I can see you. We're alive. <laughs> That's from that BuzzFeed anxious puppy video I showed oh, you. Gosh. It's so you wonderful. You showed me so many puppy things at this point that I don't even remember. Like, yeah, it's true. Switch. Also, I got a new lamp for my room, and it's a bulldog. It is. It's really cute, guys. I'm 14. Anyway. This episode was called The Body. <laughs> Segway. The Body. Um, no Miss New Booty, but there was a new body. And I just came up with that on the spot. I hate and it that was actually you did that really bad. Because last week I kept wanting to say booty when I was supposed to say body. I mean, every body has a booty. That's like lessons we've learned from Bates Martell. Look at the booty on that blondie. Speaking of blondie. Madeline Loomis was back this episode. Yes, there was she a lot was. going on. Um, I guess we can start with where the episode started because it picked up right away. That's that's the that's the thing I've noticed about the episodes of this season is that they pick up one right after the other. Like there is, I mean, in the beginning there would be like a little bit of a time lapse between episodes, that's but, the, very but true. the last like four episodes there is no time in between. Right, like, which I love. There's there's just it just keeps going going going. So when you think about it. From about the episode before Marion to now, there has not been a, like a time lapse. I love it. I love it all. And there's and so much has happened. <clears throat> 
And I think, um, and I think they've done it like it's, it's packed, but it's like, but it's not like you're sitting here thinking there's no way all that happened in one day or something. Right. Cause the day in the life of Norman Bates is not a day in the life you of know what, me. You know what? Now that I think about that, I think that's actually pretty typical, especially for like thrillers. Cause I just yeah. recently rewatched Stranger Things and, and near the end of the season it's back to back no laps in between the episodes yeah um but that is interesting i guess it's just because they've got momentum and now they just need to finish telling the story and you know when i watch things like that though for some reason maybe this is because i'm just a lazy person but i always think to myself are they not exhausted right now because so much is happening it's been such a long day like I mean, he's killed a few people. He's or not a few. A he's few. killed. He's killed one. Mm-hmm. He's killed Sam. Like he's killed a person. His brother, like, came he's back to town. Body. He went to a chop shop, walked home, talked to a cop a couple times. Like, is he not exhausted? I think he is. I mean, he's kind of losing it. That's so. true. Um, he hit his brother over the head. Um, with a water glass. With a water glass. Not a whiskey glass. Not, it was not a whiskey glass. Did A&E, like, get in trouble for that or something? I don't understand why he had to say water glass, but we'll get to that. I don't either. Maybe it was just, it was just a really weirdly worded line. So, it opens up with Lady <laughs> Sheriff questioning Norman like at his house. Okay, I'm just gonna be straight up. That woman's a bitch. She's really... I hate her. She's really terrible. Like, not even just terrible because she's, like, being so mean to Norman. Because, I mean, she's just terrible. She's a terrible cop in general. And we're going to talk all about it. So, Norman demands to have his meds and he wants to get out of the house because he keeps seeing Mother. I feel like you're taking a picture of No. Me. Oh, no. I'm I'm looking something up. <laughs> okay, That fine. regards her. Okay. Um, I mean, there's not anything really to comment on in this scene anyway. And Dylan tells Norman not to talk to her or any cop without a lawyer. Excuse me. I feel like I'm going to be coughing a lot through this. And so the next scene is the sheriff interrogating Norman in the Mm -hmm. interrogation room. And basically, Norman can't put together a coherent story because he's so out of it at this point. So he's, like, pointing to different points on a map um, to explain where the well is in the woods. Um, and the first woods. off, this bitch, this motherfucker <laughs> says, <laughs> sorry, I'm really salty. What does she say? She says, could you speak up? I want the mic to hear you. She's just very insensitive to like, I understand he just called and confessed to a murder. But can you not, like, it's like she has absolutely no I'm sorry, skills. Kelly. Can you speak up? I want the mic to hear you. Oh, my gosh. It's like she has absolutely no people skills. And I feel like if you're a police officer, and you're, not only that you're a police officer, that you're a sheriff. First of all, the sheriff wouldn't be the one questioning you. I don't think. Well, it's a small town. This is a big case. Let's. I. I honestly have this feeling about Jane. I think that's her name. I think she's just Jane. Yeah. She wants all the glory. I think so, but I really think it would be a detective interrogating. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, surely if you made it that far in your career that you're a sheriff, like, you know, you're not a rookie cop. You know, like you've been through enough that like, you would think. I mean. 
you would think a sheriff would have people skills enough or people experience enough that the sheriff would not feel the need to like right treat, a sheriff is treat an elected a young official kid, and to treat a young kid like this or not young kid he's not a kid he's an adult but at the same time there's obviously something not right right there's Which obviously she talks something about. not right so she asks, you know, did you kill Jim and this lady body that we found? Which we later find out is Audrey. Um, <laughs> Emma's I'm really mom. sad about that. I mean, we knew it was her, but like. Yeah. Um, and he says it's possible. And she gets really angry at him for having this fake answer. And basically goes off on him saying that he's a child. And honestly, this lady just makes me think of, like, that scary P.E. coach that you had in gym. Yeah! I mean, I guess maybe guys wouldn't get this as much because you probably had, like, a male coach. But there are, like, female coaches that are so scary. Like, past the point of just, like, being a badass to, like, total you scare the shit out of me. There's two kinds of, like female PE coaches. There's the ones that are so cool and they understand that if you're taking PE, it's because you're not an athlete. Mm -hmm. You're here because you have to be. And they're so cool. And they're like, let's play dodgeball. I'll play too. Mm -hmm. Or there's the terrifying lady who makes you run laps. There is no in between. I know. There's absolutely no And I feel like those ladies have like something to prove because they're a coach and they're a woman. It's like, and they take it out on you. Yeah. Instead of taking it out on their male coworkers. Anyway, (laughs) And then so Norman said something interesting that I really don't have any commentary on. I just kind of wanted to point it out. He What's says, that? I am lonely, and I've spent the last two years pretending to know more than I do. What has he been pretending to know? I, I mean, it's so hard with Norman because at this point, he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even talking about Mother. Just Norman is all over the place. He doesn't want to take his meds. He wants to take his meds. He can't put a coherent story together in in order. Um, But I think he's kind of... so So a couple episodes ago, he came to this realization, like, Mother, you're not real. And then he's kind of been sliding back into she is for motives we don't really fully understand. Um, but I think he's starting to realize kind of again, like, wait, this, this isn't adding up. Yeah. My Norma Louise, my real mother is dead. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you, when you can't have a basic memory of things and people are dying when you're blacking out, like, I'd say that you're pretending a lot about knowing things you don't know. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that that was, like, really sad. I mean, I feel bad for Norman again in this episode. And I know that, to a degree, I really shouldn't, but I don't know. I'll yeah. always have empathy for him. Anyway, so he gets put in a cell, and they let him take his meds. And then guess who shows up? Mother. Oh, I hate this scene so much. I hate this scene so much. It's my, it's probably one of, I, I, I can't say the most angry I've ever been with mother because I feel like there's probably been other 
I don't know. I think I would say this is probably the worst. This is one of the worst. Like, I don't want to say the worst because I probably say that every podcast episode. Like, oh, this is the worst scene with mother ever. But this is this is one that I feel like I'll remember. Yeah. I hated this scene with her so much. And I mean, not because the scene was bad. It was a great scene. They all mm. are. But I just couldn't wait for it to be over. This is the first yeah. scene where I've hated her so much that I'm just like, I don't want to watch this right now. Yeah, so she force vomits him. Sorry, I sound like I'm about to like cry. I'm just trying not to cough. Which is so unsettling. Oh my gosh. Obviously to get the meds out of his system. Um, and then she... I mean, she says a lot, but what I wrote down from her dialogue, I wrote a lo- down a lot of dialogue from mm-hmm. this episode because I just felt like it was very dialogue-driven instead of action-driven. Who wrote this episode? I don't know. I didn't look. I'll look it up real quick. Um, Mother says, I used to believe there are people fighting for good in this world, but honey, there is no good. And I'm like, when did Mother become a Nietzschean philosopher? No good, no evil. <laughs> no air. Oh my gosh, I hate that. I woke up with that song stuck in my head today, but that's, and I still can't figure out why, but whatever. Um, Somehow that song was in a dream I had, and I don't know why I haven't heard it in years. But anyway, (laughs) let's see. Um, This, I think for me, what strikes me about this scene is the physical mannerisms. Mm. Like her just like, he's just like still and like just, like fish face, you know, like dead fish face. And she's just like rubbing his face and kissing him a ton and like mm. and and whispering all these little like, it's gonna be okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna take care of you. And then she slams his head against the toilet. And I'm like Not once. Like three times. Yeah. And and I understand like it was it was um <coughs> oh what's the word? It was uh uh metaphoric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because it, it didn't actually happen. I don't I don't feel like metaphorical is the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it didn't actually happen, but it was. Rep- but still, very poetic in a way. Representative. I can't think of the right word for this. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's gonna come to me, and I'm gonna feel dumb. But it was that whole scene was just infuriating, and it was so simple. The thing is, I mean, it's so simple. I know, it's just they're her in a sitting there. Cell. Like, yeah, and if you don't know, it's ha- if you just decided to watch one scene of Bates Motel and you see this kid looking terrified for his life and his mother like coddling him, you don't think anything of it. But when you know the context and everything, it's actually infuriating because because this is not his real mother. This is mm. not, and it just I think it, it made me think of the um. Of the episode, of, I guess it was, is this the Marion, the episode called Marion when he says, stop trying to act like her, you're not yes. her. Yes, And I think that's why I was so infuriated, because he was, he was angry when, when this person, when mother is trying and to act like it's Norma. it's scary because it seems like he's just kind of resigned to it now. He doesn't really fight it. Yeah. He's just sitting there letting it happen. I mean, he does say, I don't think you can fix this mother. And she says, I think I can, but not with you. Headbang. Yeah, Freddie Heimer did direct this episode. It was written by Erica. It it looks like Lopez with an I, and I don't know how to pronounce it. Lipez? Lipez? I don't know how to pronounce it, but she did a good job. Who is the director of photography? It does not say. But this is like writers and directors. Whoever you are, DP. Um, Whoever. 
I don't know. If you can I'll find, find it, it I'll let me find know. it. Um, Whoever you are, DP. Camera and electric development. Um, murmur. No. Doesn't say. I'll find it. I'll find it. Um, sorry, we're looking at IMDb right now, trying to figure out whoever you are, dude. Um, you had some beautiful shots. Um, there was oh. one shot in this scene from behind the toilet with the like toilet seat yeah. up, and you could just see like perfectly framed mother and Norman, and I just thought that was like a really nice way of of adding like an aesthetic appeal to the scene because they're in a cell like there's not really anything interesting to look at right there's not and it wouldn't have worked for any like cell prison scene but it worked for this um (laughs) sorry sorry we're both sick um, there are some other shots that I really liked, but I guess I'll just mention them as they kind of come along. Um, and so now it jumps to Dylan meeting Julia the lawyer. Yes. In a diner. And I'm just like, this could be a scene from Breaking Bad. <laughs> like, the way that it looks and the dialogue and, like, the powerful female businesswoman with, like, the criminal, um, but not, like, convict yeah. dude in a leather jacket. <laughs> and now I'm just stalling. Oh, my gosh. I really can't find who it was who was the it's director right. of photography. Whoever you were, you are amazing. I don't know why I wanted to know so Continued bad. Continued to make movies. I don't even know why I wanted to know so shows. bad. Eh. Um, and so Dylan, you know, kind of updates her very quickly on everything that's happened. What's funny about this is, okay, so Dylan, he, you know, he's about to start telling her about Norman and he says like, he tells her that she, he tells her that he is not mentally well and he, he starts to like, she's like, well, what has he done in the past? And I thought, you know, the, the right place to start because he's because he's talking about multiple personalities oh, yeah so i was I thinking thought, the same thing i thought he was gonna say well one like the first time i noticed it was like i woke up one night and he was making breakfast at midnight in in my mother's robe thinking he was our mother mm-hmm. no he goes straight to i think he killed my mother-in-law yeah like he glosses over all the like softball stuff that Norman has done and just like knocks it out of the park with I think he's murdered before and like not just one time like this is not a one time for the one time like he's and then he's like but he's not a bad person and Mm -hmm. I think that like Dylan sounds very like all over the place when he's talking about Norman but how could you not be right this isn't something you rehearse in your head this isn't something you can just tell somebody without it being Right. I mean, Dylan's end goal is just to get Norman in a mental institution where he can get help. Yeah. And so he says he's not a bad person. He's not a criminal. He's crazy. But he doesn't say it in, like, crazy bitch type of way. Like, he's literally lost his ever-loving mind. He has. And, like, Dylan Dylan just wants to do its best for him. And... Mm -hmm. And he really just doesn't know anymore what to do because, because the last episode, I'm ta- I'm not like episode of the show, episode of Norman's was Dylan getting hit in the head and him 
before he can do anything, Norman's calling the police and confessing to a murder. Which was last episode. Yeah. So I guess, like, <laughs> both. double entendre there. Yeah. But it wasn't what I meant. But yes, it, was, it applies to both things. And so he thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks that by clearing Norman, he's doing the right thing because he, th- like, I, th- I think what what Dylan wants is I don't know if Dylan wants Norman to go down for these crimes but like even though he'll get help either way or if he's trying to get it to where they're like no he didn't do it I'm not sure what Dylan wants here I do know he just wants Norman to get help though so I think I think Dylan sees this as look either he's guilty or not guilty I don't care I just want him to get help yeah exactly but I think he cares a little bit because I mean one of those people died is his mother-in-law but everyone else that died like they don't really mean anything to him except for Bradley Norma no I mean like all the like the bodies that we're talking about in this episode oh okay okay yeah well anyway we'll we'll come back to Dylan okay (laughs) sorry speaking of Norma oh my gosh Mother is in Norman's sweater in the next scene. And I just want to say now, I love the way in which they, I mean, and they've done this all season, but especially in this episode, how Mother is in the exact same outfit as Norman, and it's it's just genius the way that they shot it. Um, yeah, and they and even I, shot it like... Whenever they first show Mother in that outfit, they show her tucking in the shirt, almost as if she, like, is a, is a entirely separate body and she just changed into Norman's clothes. Right. I mean, it's, it's just, it's brilliant in every way. Also, in that scene, um, when Mother, as Norman, it's hard to, like, distinguish. Freddie is playing Mother as Norman. Um, so hard to talk about. It's it's like Shakespeare, you know. Um, it is. It's like Twelfth Night, but yeah. terrible. <laughs> um, Vera Farmiga's reflection is in the windows of the cell. I know. It was amazing. I keep sniffing. And so, also, I just want to point out, Freddie Highmore has just like somehow developed this talent of impersonating Vera Farmiga as mother. It's terrifying. And I'm just like, every episode I sit here and I say, where is his Emmy? And I, I'm like trying to pinpoint what exactly it is that makes him sound so much like Vera Farmiga. And I think it's something along, he says a line that's something like, um, well, you didn't let me have any meds. And so you shouldn't have been questioning me anyway. And now I just want to go home. And he says the last part so quickly. Just like she would. And yes! I'm like, dude, how do you do this? It's amazing. He also has this one line that I love. And I don't remember exactly which, like, conversation it's in. It's definitely mother. Wait, wait, wait. And it's just horse shit. Oh, okay. I don't remember even I thought you were about to say my favorite line. And I was like, no! No, 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 no. It was... Like, he says, I don't know who he says it to. He says remember. it's coming up. And he just um, says, horse shit. And but anyway, says it exactly like Vera. Um, Jane. Crazy Jane girl. Green. I feel like I've heard that name before. Jane says, you know, Norman, you're under arrest for the murder of Sam Loomis. And Norman it's just like says, Green. excuse me? Like the warden in holes. 
John Green. <laughs> Jane Green. There was a book I read called Jane Jade Green. There was a book I read called Jade Green in like elementary school. I don't remember why I remember that. Interesting. It was it was like a scary book too though. Why did I read that? I don't know. Well, maybe it was by John Green. This is too meta. We need to like move on. <laughs> um. So yeah, Norman. I just realized that you said that. Like, yeah. 30 seconds. We're both sick right now. This is Excuse weird. Excuse me. <laughs> it was amazing. It's like diva versus diva in this scene. I know. So much diva. And you would think, like, if she's smart enough to become a sheriff, she's smart enough to notice, like, this shift in personality. Because it, they're, they're too... Because Norman, Norm, Norman and Mother are so opposite. Right. You would think, like... Like, I notice when you're in a weird mood. Not that I think you have another personality or something, but, like, yeah. I'll notice when you're a little off. I mean, off. we need to talk about that. But... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but you know kidding. what I mean? You would think, like, if you're smart enough to be a sheriff, especially because she knew Norman before this. Like, not well, but she knew his yeah. mannerisms. She knew, like, his nervousness around cops. How did he all of a sudden have all this confidence around her? You know? He took his meds and he's a different person. But because that's totally how that works. It's it's so it's so strange to me that she's not smart enough. She she thinks she thinks she's smart enough to figure out that Norman's a murderer, but she has absolutely no proof. But she's not smart enough to see what's right in front of her. Yeah, I mean, and I wonder if that's gonna come into play. We only have two episodes left, though. Oh my gosh, that makes me so sad. I know, but I'm excited. You know what doesn't make me sad? What chick? Chick. So Chick returns to okay. find the motel is a crime scene. I just want to say regarding Chick and this scene that we're talking about, we finally learned that his name is not Chicken. <laughs> I've been calling him Chicken Parm for like seasons now. Right. His name is Charles Hogan. You know, normally people named Charles go by Chuck. Or Charlie. Or Charlie. Or Swarly. I forget you started watching How I Met <laughs> But you know, Chick for Charles. That's that's a new one. It is. But I think it's I think it's very important and I feel like they just knew that we were all wondering what his full name is. Yeah, which I'm kind of like we learned all this new stuff about Chick right before I almost said Chuck, thanks. Right before Chick dies, we learn all of these things about him. But it's nice because we finally get these, like, answers to random things That's that, true. like, we needed to know but, about him. But something that will never be answered is why did he say, oh, dearie, dearie me? Because he's weird. Chick, I like... Also, why is he wearing cargo shorts? That, this is it's why. snowing. This is why he got shot. <laughs> so true. To all you jeans out there, stop wearing cargo shorts. Stop. If you are not 14 and a boy in middle school fighting acne and watching Clearasil commercials, hoping that'll become you. And spraying you acts should... all over your body. Well, see, some people do that in adulthood, and that's a whole other problem. <laughs> but if you are wearing cargo shorts in adulthood, we need to talk. Yeah. I mean, granted, Chick does not have fashion in any sense of the word, but, like, this is... He rides I really, the man bun. 
I really think that like when later when in the episode Romero shoots him, I really think it wasn't because of what was happening in that scene. He just finally realized that he was wearing cargo shorts and he's a terrible person. And he was like, oh, that's it. You just, you, <laughs> you're done. You're done for. Because Romero has good taste. He does. He but was But Jake has good taste in dead animals because there was a raccoon. He brings, it so it's such an awkward scene because he's like, he, he gets out of his car and he's like, dearie me, why did he say that? And then he's like, where's Norman? I brought him a raccoon. Yep. And then he's like, can we get a raccoon? No, we cannot get a raccoon. Please. They're not, they're not domesticated animals. Hmm. I just learned about like why you cannot domesticate certain animals in one of my classes, which is weird because. But what if we get a baby? A, a baby, a baby, like a human baby or no, a baby a raccoon? Baby raccoon. You just looked up and said, what if we get a baby? And I was like, I don't want a baby. I don't like babies. <laughs> Please. You don't like babies. No one means a baby raccoon. What are we even talking about at this point? We cannot have another living thing. Please. You can get a house plant. Can we get a corgi? Okay, we can get a corgi, but only if I get allergy shots. Puppy. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> What were we talking about? Chick. We're talking about Chick and how he gets out of the car and he's like, so is somebody murdered? I mean, you mentioned murder. I didn't mention murder. You mentioned murder. And they're like, oh, yeah. And they're just like, I'm sorry, who are you? And then he gets in the car and drives away. And I'm like, Chick, you are the least smooth person <laughs> on this entire show, including Norman Bates. That's so true. He literally just goes. This is a murder investigation, and she says, I can't tell you that. And he's just like, well, you gave it away. I didn't just put my, I did not just put my foot in my mouth. All right, anyway, I think, um. And I, then he throws the raccoon in the car, and I'm like, hey. He just tosses the raccoon in the car, and he's like, nice. hey, I gotta go. Friends is on in, like, ten minutes. So. <laughs> I feel like Jake would watch Friends. Which friend is Chick? Oh, Wait, man. which friend are the characters of Bates Motel? Hmm. Um, I feel like I feel like Norma's Monica. Yeah, I you can know. see that. I feel like Norma is Monica. Norman is Ross. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like Bradley. Bradley's Rachel. Okay. Like. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like she's Rachel. Does that make Emma Phoebe? I wouldn't even say Emma's a Phoebe. Yeah, because I don't feel like that's quite right. I don't think Emma, like, really corresponds with any of the friends. I'm trying to think of, like, a kooky character. Who could be Phoebe? Phoebe? Chick. Chick. No, Chick isn't good enough to be Phoebe. <laughs> Chick is their weird neighbor from downstairs. It's, like, always, like... <laughs> okay, yeah. Who? Um, who's J- Joey and Chandler? Like, Romero has to be one of them. Romero? Uh, he can't be either. He's too serious. Mm, yeah, that's true. Um, I think I think Dylan's Chandler? I could see that. Um, Who's Joey? Who's Joey, then? Are there any other male characters? Honestly, there's not any other male characters. Dr. Edwards. Gunner. Gunner's Joey. Ah, oh, yeah, Gunner is Joey. Okay, then who's Phoebe? There's um, not, like, a weird enough person. Could Madeline be Phoebe? No. 
No. I would actually maybe Madeline's Rachel. I think what we've learned from this is that Phoebe is one of a kind. There is no, yeah, there is no Phoebe. Like, no one else is a Phoebe. So, with that... (laughs) I just feel like that was a really important thing to talk about. Norman meets Julia. Julia. And the way that he says her name is like Josh Bell all over again. Josh, Josh Bell? Not his name. Josh Peck. Drake Bell. (laughs) You just like combine them into one person. That would have been a different version of Drake and Josh. (laughs) The Bates Motel version of Drake and Josh where Drake and Josh are the same person. (laughs) Come on. Come on, Teen Nick. We're giving you gold. Okay. (laughs) Every time. I think of Drake and Josh. I have to remember which one is Drake and which one is Josh. Really? Yes. How did you get them confused? I watched all the episodes. I know. They're totally different characters like, and people. Completely different. They don't even look even similar. I'm sorry. They're both I, white I, males. I messed with it up. Faces? Josh Peck. Because Josh it's wasn't Josh even hot Peck. Yet. He got hot later in life. Yes. He never long bottomed. Anyway. <laughs> Ew, that's such a weird thing to say. It's true, though. I've heard, like, nevolution. He grew. <laughs> nevolution? He nevolved? That's pretty good. I like that. Nevolved? I like okay. that. Um, <laughs> it's Josh Beck all This podcast is a mess. <laughs> this episode it. was kind of a mess in the it best really way possible. Um, Josh Peck all over again because Norman says, Julia? I oh, know, he, like... Just like he does a Sam Loomis. Sam, Sam Loomis? Julia? <laughs> he just does that every now and then. <laughs> I can't help but laugh because I think of like Drake and Josh every time he does it. But And then basically what they decide in that scene is that you work for me, Julia. Yes. And Julia's <laughs> like, I think Julia knows in that minute, like, okay, Dylan was right. There's something, there's a personality thing going on here. Oh, definitely. I mean, she's playing the angles. Julia and I, can I tell. think I'm really going to like her. I like Julia. It's funny how Julia can tell that, like, something's off with this guy, and he's her client, and then Sheriff Green can't even tell. Yeah. Like, she thinks he just wants attention, and I'm like, there's Well, I'm sure Julia else. has had a lot of sketchy clients in her day. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, they basically decide in the scene that they're going to try to play the angle of this was all a psychotic episode, this whole confession of Norman's. Yeah, it never happened. And then, and how does that play out when he's talking, when he, I guess, as mother, is talking to Jane Green? Right, so, um, remind me to go back to to Dylan, because we're going to skip over that scene on my timeline. But, yeah, um... So, such a quick little scene. so it's Sheriff Green, Norman, and Julia all together. Um, and again, just a beautiful shot of what is it called? The window in between the interrogation room. It's like a mirror, it's like double sided. The um, two way mirror? Yes, the two way mirror. Um, it's such a nice shot because you see, I think you see Vera. Or you see Freddie. One or the other. It doesn't matter. Freddie's on the it screen pans... on the TV. No, it's, that's a different, the... that's oh, a different oh, scene. Oh, you're talking about, okay. It pans to the two-way mirror, and it's the other one. 
and then it pans back. It's mm. it's just amazing. Two way mirror too. Boom. Two way mirror, two way person. Yep. Um, and in this, Norman confesses his love for Madeline. He says that Sam Loomis was having an affair and that he was a nasty, 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 nasty man. <laughs> Which is probably my favorite line from this entire season. Nasty, nasty man. I was just expecting to hear nasty woman because I think I'm so used to like that being phrased. Um, I want that on the shirt. Nasty, 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 nasty man. Oh. <laughs> and then Sam Loomis, his face on the back. Oh um, my gosh. Anyway. Stay tuned when we um, sell those. Um, he says that Madeline, you know, killed Sam. And I have been calling that for like, when did, when did I start calling that a few weeks ago? I don't think I've said it on the podcast. I just said it to you. Because for, since well, the first episode, I have been trying to figure out what is the point of Madeline. Right. You called it a couple of weeks ago when we found out that Sam actually got killed. Right. Because before we were like, because what I, is this? I liked Madeline when we first met her. I thought she was kind of, I, I was skeptical of her because I was like, she looks like Norma. Is this just going to be a quick death? Is this going to be like a thing? Is it going to be her? Like that, I even thought it might have it might have ended up being Madeline that died. I was glad it was Sam, but like. But now, like, after Sam died, you know, because, like, before before Sam was ever killed, whenever we were still under the impression that Marion Crane was going to die in the shower, just like, just like we are used to with Psycho, I was wondering, like, is she the replacement of Lila Crane? Is, is he somehow going to convince her to go after looking for his dead mistress? Like, and I was like, what is the point of Madeline? Because obviously no wife would ever do that. What is the point of her? Like, why is she here? Is she, because like, if, I was like, if the shock was for her to look like Norma, then they would have been like, she looks like Norma and she lives here. There is no other like reason. They wouldn't keep her in the, so heavily in the plot mm-hmm. if it was just her look that was important. But she is heavy in the plot. And I thought, why, why, why are they giving Norman such a relationship with her? And then after Sam died, I was like, oh, they're, I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to pin the murder on Madeline because. Yeah, of course. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's believable. But it makes just as much sense for him to do it from the objective eye that doesn't know that Norman dissociates and has a disorder. It makes just as much sense that Norman would do it because he was in love with her. Right, and he and caught him I feel cheating like on Sheriff Green her. doesn't believe this for a second. I think Norman says twice in this episode, "Horseshit." I love that, and I, I'm gonna keep that around. I feel like Jane is thinking in this scene, "This is horseshit." This is horseshit. Yeah, and I think that in that scene, you can see it on her face that something is changing within her. I think the actress is doing a great job. The actress that plays Jane Green. Oh yeah, I think she's doing I a great job. Nothing bad she, to say about the actress. She I just has hate a the very, character. She has a very obvious like shift in perspective in that scene without saying or really changing much about what she's about her acting choices. She just obviously like she's just very good at being a person in that scene that is that whose mind is good about being a person which is like a hard thing for actors to do is be be a person not a a character character. and she is very good about being a person who's changing her mind you know she doesn't have to 
play changing her mind. She literally is like living in that moment and changing her mind. And you can just see it all over her face without her even having to do many, do very much action. And I think that's, it plays really well. And then like after that scene, they, this, the episode ends with them finding the body later. So like her whole arc in this episode goes from, I still don't like her, but I think that maybe I'll grow to like her in the next episode because I think she might start to figure it out. And I think I don't like her now because I'm so mad that she is so blind to what's going on. You know, yeah. like clearly he's not well. And whether you, whether, whether you automatically say like, Oh, he's got dissociative identity disorder, which I mean, that would be way too on the nose if she figured that out way too quickly. But surely any person who's been in the law enforcement business this long knows that business, knows I don't know if business, wrong psychologically. knows how to tell when like someone is just not right. right. But she chalks it up to a kid wanting attention. And I'm like, surely you you would realize that this kid sitting in front of you is not a kid he's an adult he's 21 22 years old Mm -hmm. like yeah he might want attention but like to do something of this magnitude no one who is not somewhat mentally do that he'd go to the gay bar exactly just that's the yeah that's the thing a 20 a young man that's attractive like that, he can go get attention elsewhere. Yeah. You know, he if he just wanted attention, he's good looking. He is charming. He he could go get attention elsewhere. To call and confess to a murder. That's like, like pretty You don't crazy. do that for attention. That is horseshit crazy. Exactly. Bad. Well, instead of batshit crazy, it's horseshit crazy. Yeah. Um, and he says something. So again, this is Freddie playing mother as Norman. Gosh, it's so confusing. And he says, my mother did always say I was too naive about beautiful women. And my mother was right. And I just want to be like, just rub it in, mother. Just rub it in while Norman can't do anything about it. I hate mother. I love Freddie and Vera doing like this character so well but oh mm-hmm. my gosh mother's infuriating and i mean i know she's supposed to be and they do they just i'm like i watch it and i'm furious and then when i'm done watching the episode i'm just so impressed by how much so, they made me hate where her. are their emmys seriously this show is so overlooked where are the emmys where it's, are they how is a show like pretty little liars so popular when this is like six million times better and it's like really not that popular and i, don't I mean understand. if they don't get emmys or at least I'm at least gonna bring them pizza. Like, you know, like you didn't get a nomination? Eat a slice. Eat a slice. <laughs> you murdered someone. You're, You're going, going to jail. jail. <laughs> oh, Lynn Rogers. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay. So Where do um, we even go from there? Sheriff Green tells Madeline that Sam is probably dead. And let me just... then interrogates her about her relationship with Norman. But let me just and stop right Madeline... here. What? Let me just stop right here with this. Sheriff Green has terrible people skills in every aspect of everything on this episode. In this episode. She really, she does. You why would you tell a woman who has been looking for her husband? Hey, we don't know for sure because we have not found his body. But he's but, prob's dead. But somebody can. But Norman Bates confessed to killing him. Like, 
she doesn't ever need to know that he confessed if Sam isn't dead. Which, I mean, we know he is dead, but, like, isn't that a little presumptuous? And, like, I feel like she's trying to solve this case before she even has, like... Enough proof to work out the details. Enough ground, yeah. And, like, I know she... Because she wants to keep Norman in jail and she has to find proof within, like, 24 hours. So that's a really stressful thing. But at the same time, that's really unethical to, like, tell a woman, hey, your husband's not... We don't know if we're sure he's dead. But somebody confessed to killing him. Someone who knows you well. Someone who you made out with. Like, well, she I mean, she doesn't, doesn't know that. that. But and yeah, Madeline isn't gonna offer up that no, information. But at the same time, which makes me kind of angry. Like, at least be honest. Well, I mean, to Madeline, they really like didn't have much of a relationship because that was one. That but was she one said of we're friendly when talking about Norman. Mm-hmm. And then the sheriff says we have reason to believe that he was infatuated with you. And you would just be like, yes, 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 and pin it on him, you know? Well, but I think in that moment, she doesn't really, she's kind of trying to figure out, because Norman was always flirty with her, but he never seemed creepy. That's So true. I think that could be a shocking thing to hear, you know? Like, it's like, it's like you have a guy in a class, and you kind of flirt with him sometimes, but, like, you really don't. And, like, maybe you, like, hung out with him at a party once, but, like, other than that, you're just kind of friends in class. Mm-hmm. And then you all of a sudden find out he had this huge infatuation with you. I think it's a little more than friends, being friends with someone in class. I mean, he was over at her house, and they were making cake. True. And he said, here it comes. He did. He poured that milk. And then they made out. But that's what I mean. Like, you made out at a party once or something. But you have him in class. And, like, you know them. Like, you went oh, to a okay, project okay, together okay. or something. Like, like <sighs> your, your friends... And you may have had some, like, awkward thing happen. But, like, that's no reason to think they were infatuated with you. Right. You know? And so I think that's just a hard thing for her to hear. Especially in the in the wake of her husband being missing. And she just heard, like, the day before from a brother she didn't know Norman had that he's not mentally well. So she's getting a lot right now. and she's And she's probably thinking, like, oh, I'm not about to, like, just tell, no- like, I'm not about to, um like I guess out Norman for not being mentally well because surely I don't know I think she's just really not sure what to make of everything going on right now she's got a lot of information to take in and a lot to process about like everything yeah I think that's fair but I feel like especially when you are innocent you just should answer things honestly yeah and like I always say that too but I've never been in the situation so I don't know how I'd react and I think it's just such a like a shocking it's like that fight or flight response Mm. or it's fight flight or freeze that's like there's three responses because I learned that in psychology it's not just fight or flight it's fight fight flight or freeze Fight, flight, or freeze. It's a really hard thing to say, yeah, but is. but there but that is a thing. And so when you're when you're given very shocking information, I guess that you really might freeze in your in your thought process, and you might not even be able to think clearly because that's a lot to take in. I've never been told your husband might be dead. I've never been told that, and like that's a big thing to worry. True. And so I think okay, she's just, okay, she's off the hook. You're she's right. She's just dealing. She's that's that's a big like because like I would like it's like hearing any of your family members like hey, you know, like, your mom might be dead or, like, you know what I mean? And you're Mm -hmm. just, like, and you can't hear anything after that. You know, everything just gets lost. And so I think that's – and not only that, but really, what what reason would Norman have to be infatuated with her? Have a crush? Sure. 
but infatuated is a strong word. And she knows that Norman's the one that told her about Sam's affair. True. So in her mind, if he went to the motel, she's probably thinking he he killed it. He did it. Yeah. But she doesn't want to outright blame or him. Or she's, she's trying also... to make sense of it because it doesn't really make sense for him. Okay, okay, It okay. does, but it doesn't. And that's, a, she's just, we We lot. gotta move on. I just feel um, bad for Madeline. So Sheriff Green has um, Norman put into the interrogation room and basically she just wants him under surveillance. She wants him to be watched. And again, with the philosophical references, Foucault, Discipline and Punish, I have to read it right now for a class, and let me tell you, it is all about regulating someone's behavior by putting them in a pl- in a situation where they feel like they're being watched. And it turns out, you know, like there's no one even watching him. And again, love that scene. It's what you're talking about with oh, Freddie yeah. on the screen. But then um, Vera. Vera is in the room. Um, but Madeline is calling Sam outside of the station. Um, and Ooh, this was my favorite shot in the whole episode. Oh my gosh, this was amazing. She sees the Zodiac killer, Norman. (laughs) (laughs) No, Ted Cruz wasn't in this episode. (laughs) Norman, the Zodiac killer. And it just like, everything slows down and he's just staring at her with his big bushy eyebrows. I know. And it was, and she's just. And she knows. And you know how we were saying that like. Instantly. You know what we were saying in like the last few podcasts, or we've said this before, that that there are like that at this point, whenever we see Vera, we don't see Norma anymore at all. Like we've just, she looks like a different person, you know, when she's mother now, because she's fully mother now. She doesn't play Vera or she doesn't play Norma anymore because Norma's dead. And like, I mean, I guess if there's a flashback, but like, even so, there's none of those. Like we haven't had any of those. But like, you know, it's like Vera doesn't even look like Norma anymore. She, she looks like this whole other character because she is. And in that scene, to me, Madeline stopped looking like Norma to me. Yeah. And it was just, it's just such a, I will never understand how they do it on this show. How they're, just their whole appearance, like, and I don't know if it's a demeanor thing where it's like. Probably. It probably is, but like any trace of like Norma-like behavior that Madeline had it's just gone. gone in that scene. Like she does not look like Norma to me anymore. Yeah. I mean, she, I mean, she does objectively, like they do look very similar, but like character wise, I just don't, I don't see a trace of it at all in her anymore. Speaking of things, not looking like what they're supposed to look like. Oh Dylan goes to the not Bates motel. The not Bates motel. <laughs> and he calls Emma and just updates her. Look, Norman's in jail. And, and Emma's honestly, holding a sack of flour. Yes. The only thing I could think throughout this whole scene was that is a fake baby. That baby is faker than the baby in American Sniper. Like, that baby is so fake. She's doing a health project in high school and she's to carry on a sack of flour. To be fair, the though, way that the baby's feet were, it's like baby gate. Oh my gosh, it is like baby gate. And for those of you that don't know what baby gate is, I wish I didn't. I found this on BuzzFeed like last, like a year ago. It's this theory that one of the One Direction guys, <laughs> Louis Tomlinson. Louis Tomlinson, like he had a baby with some girl who's like an unknown. 
and I'm sure people, most people know about this, and I didn't know about it until I saw this article. Apparently, like, there's this whole section of, like, <laughs> Tumblr and, and, like, Facebook and Twitter that thinks that the baby and, like, the entire pregnancy and all of it's fake. And they think that it's this, like, elaborate ruse to hide By that... Simon Cowell. Yeah, by Simon Cowell to hide that Louis Tomlinson and Harry Styles are gay together. And I'm like, it's 2017. People are gay. Things it's okay. happen. Like, people are gay. It's 2017. No one cares. No one would care at all if these two boy band people were gay. In fact, no one would be surprised. Yeah. that's that, But that's what Babygate is, if you didn't know. And, like, but, I mean, honestly, would would you pay a baby actor... For a sleeping baby scene where you don't even have to see the baby's face? No, no, but I just feel like they could have made it look more realistic. I think it was mostly the feet. And oh, I didn't even notice the feet. there was just something about the way that she was handling the baby that just made it look way too light to be maybe an actual person. Maybe they should have shot that scene while they had the baby in that day. Mm. Whenever they, like, because they have had that baby in several times. I mean, obviously things happen when you're filming with a baby. Like, American yeah. Sniper, they are supposed to have a real kid. And I think the, like, the understudy for the baby was also sick that day like things fall through oh my gosh um and i also get that it's like difficult to have a baby on set like that's not really preferable right. but i feel like there's just ways to make it look more realistic totally um, yeah and like anyway i just felt really sad for for both of them because they're both just dealing with a lot as a couple but they're still like they're doing as well as they can with what's going on. And it's just a really sad thing to see because they're both such good people. And they're trying their hardest. And not only that, but, like, let's talk about what happens the next time we see the Not Bates Motel in this episode. When Sheriff Green shows up, first of all, when he's like, how did you know I was here? And she's like, oh, it's a small town. That is not an excuse for why did you invade my privacy? Honestly. Like, I don't care if it's a small town. I don't live here anymore. And... That's not, like, that's not okay for you to know where I am, especially because you're a sheriff. Like, I mean, I guess it makes sense for you to know where I am, but at the same time, it doesn't. Like, this is, pri- like, this this motel should, like, have a little bit more discretion than that. Because it's not like Dylan's an escaped convict. It's not like they have any reason to, like, need to know where Dylan is or where he's staying, you know? Yeah. And, like, I thought it was really invasive of her. And it was, okay, I don't know if there is... So there, are, I don't know if there are any laws about what happens when you find a dead body and like who you're supposed to contact first. Like, but she tells him, "Hey, we found your mother-in-law in the lake, so you can call your wife and tell her that her mom's dead." You know, she handles that with such with such a lack of grace and and empathy. And just she because and she tries to pull pull it off like. I just felt like, you know, she should hear from you. And he's like, no, you said it so you could gauge my reaction. And I think she's the most selfish cop of all time because, like, this is this is somebody's mother-in-law. And, like, she's acting like Dylan's just gonna blindly go with whatever Norman's doing, which he's not. Right. She, she tries to turn him to be on his or, or on her side instead of on Norman's when side. When Dylan's not Dylan only wants Norman to get better and I don't think she understands that and like she's just I think I think Jane Green has no empathy she has she has Maybe very she's bad the psychopath. She has very bad people skills. I think like, she is. 
Maybe. Who knows? Honestly, she's terrible, though, especially to Dylan, because I don't know if there are laws about this. I'll, I'll look into it more thoroughly because I, I asked the only lawyer I know, and he said that's more of like a police thing to know. He's like, I, I there's no re- he was like, I don't think right. I would know this, but well, I asked police procedure. I question. asked my my brother, who's almost a lawyer, almost finished with Let's law just school, go up and to the next cop we see and be like, hey, hey, can I ask you a cop question? <laughs> Asking for a friend, but like my bro- my I mean my brother also isn't going into criminal law, so like he didn't really, yeah, like he's this isn't really something he would know, but like normally whenever I have a question about law, I text him. And um, he said that he's not really sure who you're supposed to contact when you find a body. But wouldn't you think, like, if you find a body, you should contact the next of kin? Like, surely there's some kind of legal procedure as far as when you find a dead body. Surely there's something. I mean, I don't know. And not only that, but, like... She didn't call him into the station. There was nothing formal about this. She, She found his hotel room. She breached his privacy... She, like, to tell him that his mother-in-law is dead and that he needs to tell his wife. And there was just so many, so much messiness about this. She's just trying to turn Dylan against Norman. And she says something along the lines of, I know that your first instinct is to protect your brother. And for some reason, that just mm. made me think of Matt Damon in Interstellar when he's in that scene with Matthew McConaughey and he's, like, trying to kill him. And he's I like, haven't seen the end of Interstellar. It's not the end. It's when like halfway happen? through. I only got to the part where he's crying in a spaceship. Oh, <laughs> sorry. It's too long. Well, this isn't really going to ruin that much for you. I'm Can probably I go never ahead and gonna, talk about it? You know what? I'm probably never going to finish it because I feel like if I sat down to watch it, by the time it would be over, I'd be 50 and Matthew McConaughey would still be like Interesting 30. that you say that. But I'm not going to ruin that part for you. Why? Because Matthew McConaughey doesn't age the whole movie? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know that. I got to the part where he's crying because his daughter's, like, Skyping him or something. <laughs> not quite Skype, but... No, I know. Okay, I, like, love this movie. Anyway, um, yeah, Matt Damon in Interstellar when he's with Matthew McConaughey. And they're, like, going out to, like, explore some things. And basically, Matt Damon tries to kill Matthew McConaughey because he wants all the glory. And it's just a great analogy to, I mean, Sheriff Green is Matt Damon's character, let's be real. And she's trying to kill Dylan? Yeah. I feel like you just really wanted to mention (laughs) Interstellar at this point. No, it really works. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Because Matt Damon goes, do you see your children? Do you see them, Cooper? Because he's, like, dying and, like, can't breathe. And he's like, I know that's your first instinct. They're there with you, Cooper. Oh, I'm sorry, Cooper. I Wait, thought I could die? watch this. No. No, the, the idea is that, like, when a parent is dying, the first thing that they see or think of uh, is their children. And it's this evolution. And it's, like, seriously? this great evolutionary process because they have to talk about evolution because they're scientists. All great I remember it is. is Matthew McConaughey crying saying Murph because for some reason he named his daughter Murph and I don't understand why. I love it. I love it. It's a terrible name for a daughter. Yeah, it's more like a dog's name. Anyway. <laughs> It's I, Murphy's I it was... Law. He names the daughter because of Murphy. Anyway, doesn't matter. Why would he name her Stella? For Interstella? Yeah. <laughs> it's a better girl name, and it's still science-related. Anyway. Um, and so Matt Damon's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cooper. 
I thought I could watch, but I can't. And Matthew McConaughey, like, can't breathe. And he's like, do you see your children? Do you see them? They're there with you, Cooper. And it's just like, shut the fuck up, Matt Damon. I really just want forever a soundbite of you saying, shut the fuck up, Matt Damon. (laughs) I feel like that's going to come in handy someday. And I feel like that's Sheriff Green in the scene. Like, your first instinct is to protect your brother. But come over to my side. She's creepy. Speaking of sides, there we see Bromero walking up the snowy hill, clutching his wounded side. Because he finally found the gun. And I just want to say really quick, Maggie Summers, you are the reason we need gun control. Continue. Maggie Summers was probably the most boring part of this entire season. I Honestly, I'm getting a little bit bored with, with Romero's story. I was too at this point in the episode. I'm like, okay, we get it. He's going rogue. Like, I, I mean, I think he came to the motel at perfect in the perfect time. And I think it's like, and I like that they really did not spend too much time on him in the last couple episodes because they really didn't need to. And I think they're aware of that. Like, had they spent more time on him, it would have just been annoying. It was necessary that we know he's still like out there and still trying, like making his way downtown, walking fast, dropping the dew up. Oh, I was going for the making my way downtown, <laughs> walking fast. I don't know the words after that. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm just picturing like a music video with and Romero. I see you. With Romero seeing Norma. And, and I, I miss you. <laughs> and now I wonder if, if I could fall into the sky. Yeah, that's what's going How on. How does with that make sense? If I could fall into the sky. Oh, it's just a teen song. Anyway. It doesn't make sense. Whatever. But. Actually, another music reference to this scene was when, for some reason, when Romero's walking up the snowy hill into the house, all I could think of was, like, he looks like the Grinch. <laughs> and I'm just like, will you please sing? You're a mean one, Mr. Chick. You're writing an unethical book. I am not comfortable with Chick writing his book. And so, so let's get to the point with Romero and the, th- or Chick and the Three Bears because Chick is totally Goldilocks in this. In this and Wait, does Goldilocks die in the end? Maybe in the real one. You know how all those like real Grimm's fairy tales have like, oh, really dark endings? Right. Maybe the bears like eat her. I don't know. I just know the Little Mermaid dies. Sweet Todd. Bears. I don't know if I'd go that far. Goldilocks and Sweetie Todd. They're well, sweetly in your I was to say, Joanna's kind of like Goldilocks because she's the golden hair thing. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So Romero hears, like, Norman's voice, but then it's like he hears, like, I guess he hears... A tape recorder a tape of recorder Norman. Of because Norman. we're back in the 70s. Wait, did they have tape recorders at that time? Maybe 80s. I don't know. I wasn't alive then. <laughs> anyway. Doesn't matter. Probably the 80s. I would guess the 80s. Mixtapes were like an 80s thing. 80s, 90s. But anyway. Also, what the hell is Chick wearing in this scene? If cargo shorts weren't bad enough. And he's still wearing them. He's wearing like a bear on his head. He's still wearing the cargo shorts with a fur. And I'm like, Chick has literally cargo shirts, shorts with the fur, with the Oh my gosh, there's so many song references in this, in this, like, last section of this episode. And, like, I was just, like, 
I, I think like Romero has made the decision once he sees Chick that he's going to shoot him, but he knows we need answers. <laughs> he's got to hold out for a little bit. He knows that there's just questions we have for Chick that really need to be answered before Honestly, he dies. the whole way that this scene was shot, and this is not to like make fun of it because I really liked the the cinematography of it. Yeah. And just like the the like the set design and the lighting. Oh yeah. But it made me think of Les Mis. I don't like know why. Like the confrontation between Jean Valjean and Javert. Yeah. Valjean maybe that's what I'm thinking of. At last. And maybe it's because of like the candles, you know. Monsieur <sighs> Le Maire, you'll wear a different. Also, I'm I can't reading do those notes right now. I can't do those low notes. You know what it made me think wear of? Wear a different man. Oh. <laughs> you know what it made me think of? It made me think of. Like I thought a, I could do it because like I have a western voice right now. But made me think of a western standoff. Yes, I can see that too. I guess that's the same as like Les Mis though in that standoff scene. But like, it was it's just interesting because they're not adversaries. They barely know each other. And then, <laughs> and Chick says that thing about, oh, the perfect adversary. And before that happens though, he's like, he's like, what are you doing here? And Chick just goes, where to begin? This this looks weird. And I'm like, this, I kind of relate to that line because I feel like that's <laughs> me explaining like everything I do. <laughs> like... You know, Kelly, like, why are you singing a musical song and dancing while making cookies in the kitchen? Where, where, where to begin? This, this looks weird. You know, <laughs> I get that, chick, but I'm also not an unethical writer that writes. You know, instead of getting a boy who's ill help, using his illness to using someone's death and then someone's illness to and write he a even book. confesses like, oh, this is exploitation, but whatevs. That's a, yeah. And he, then he even says something like, that. when I was in college, and I'm like, oh yeah, he went to college. <laughs> he is stalling hard because he knows he's gonna get shot in this season, or in, the, in the season, in the scene, <laughs> and and he's just like. He says I, he has a line where I really I really loved it because he's like, "What are you doing in here?" And he says, "What does he say?" Oh, I wanted. He's like, I wanted to feel adored, like a queen. Like, and I was like, I wanted to feel like a princess. Okay, and I'm uh, just like, bitch. Only Blair Waldorf is the queen. I know, and he's just like, he's just like, look, no one has ever made me a floral floral aesthetic shrine, and I just wanted to know what it felt like. <laughs> and then he's like, and Romero's just like what so where's her body and he's like i don't know and then he's like and then he starts talking about how he's a worthy adversary i'm like chick has some like nerve chick wants to die he really does (laughs) it's like how does he not want to get shot in this scene (laughs) it's a train i don't know if you guys can hear that we live nowhere near train tracks well we live kind of close not that, not close enough to hear them. Yeah, it's true. That's weird. Um, if this cuts off and people find it a thousand years from now, a train came through our apartment I and guess? killed us. Uh, okay, <laughs> life's a water slide, and then you die. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> Just to continue with the existentialism of this whole episode. I was trying to, not to cough while I was laughing just now, and that was the ugliest laugh I've ever done. <laughs> anyway, so Chick has <laughs> some balls in this scene, and he's just like... He's a little Utter testy. surprise. More su- Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I hate you. He's just like, utter surprise. More surprise than the brain would allow you to imagine, and then he gets shot. Yep. And I'm like, surprise. Was anyone surprised? 
No, it was just ironic. And I loved every second of it. And then they find Sam. A puppy finds him. He's no, there's just a puppy. puppy. The puppy doesn't go to the well. Freddie Highmore, thank you for including a puppy in this episode. It was much needed. I mean, the puppy doesn't find the body because they know I it's love a well, dogs too. But... Justice for Juno. Oh, I miss Juno. Me too. Surely, surely they're going to bring Juno back for like Please one bring Juno more back. Episode. Like, because I mean, oh, you'd think, but there are only two episodes left. So they find Sam's body. Is, was that the very last bit of the episode? Them finding um, Sam's then body? Sheriff Green comes back and tells Norman that he's charged with oh. the murders of Jim and Audrey that's as right. well. And that's the end. So that was the body. Um, do you have any last remarks? Well, now we should rate the I should remind you that what you say can and will be held against you in a court of law. Thank you for reminding me of my Miranda rights, (laughs) and we should probably rate the episode. Out Um, of what? Out of... Cell block tangos? I don't know why I felt the need to say that. Um, Out of... Puppy. Mixtapes? Raccoons. Mixtapes. Out of bagged raccoons? Yeah. Sure. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to give it, I really don't know how to rate it because like it made me so upset and so mad. I think I'm going to say an eight. I was going to say a seven. Okay. Mm, but I don't know. Cause like, I think I gave it a seven because there were so many beautiful shots. Oh man. And so many, like so I, many beautiful yes, things. Yes. I agree with you. Like it was so beautiful, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. I love the cinematography. I love the Acting, I love yeah. all of those elements coming in together. But I'm gonna be honest, I think there's just an inconsistency with Sheriff Green's character, the way it's written. Yeah, not the way it's and I'm just like really frustrated by it too. Like the yeah. way it ended. I mean, obviously you gotta have a cliffhanger, yeah. but I'm just like, ah, come on. Parts of it with Sheriff Green just felt very like disorganized, and I know a lot of the characters on this show are very jumbled and disorganized. But she's the sheriff. Right. And I just feel like we don't really know what they're trying to make her at this point. And she and it's they only have two episodes left. It kind of feels weird that they even had a new character. I mean, they needed a new sheriff because mm-hmm. obvious for obvious reasons. But they they it's like they're trying to make a dynamic new character for like the end. Five more episodes like for five episodes. And it's just I don't know. I just think it's a little it's not possible. It's a little confused. And I think that Sheriff Romero had a lot of growing room because I didn't like Sheriff Romero at all in season one. Oh, no. Buzzcut Romero? Buzzcut Romero is the worst. No. Like, I didn't <laughs> Not like even him. cute. I didn't even like Romero until season four. <coughs> I'll be honest. I started liking him earlier than that, but I, I get you. I didn't really like him until season four. And so I think, like, they're just, I think they wanted to make this deep character because they're so good at that, but they just didn't have the time. Yeah. And I and I don't, and I and there's nothing against the actress. She's doing a great job. I just think they were trying to make such a, a dynamic sheriff character. But, like... You can't in five. They episodes. just they just didn't just have enough time work. for her, and I don't. So I don't think. I think that's why I'm going to give it still a seven out of ten. Bagged raccoons. That's fair. Any updates on our musical? Bates Motel the musical. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, this year for Broadway, actually, there's like 13 new musicals. I think. 
Whoa. new musicals. That's like a huge. That's that's a big. It's a big year on Broadway. And wow, Neil Patrick Harris better you know host the Tonys. I think he's done. He's never the done Tonys. that before. <laughs> never. I think he's done hosting. We the need Tonys. a new face for the Tonys. I mean, James Corden was the new face. Whoever, and then there was somebody that hosted it the year the year gap between Neil Patrick Harris and like. And James Corden. Maybe there was a two-year gap between those two, and it's like, who who, even, who hosted that year? I don't know. Like, no one cared. But I don't know. Maybe James Corden should do it again, but who knows? I just know that there's a lot of new musicals this year, and so if we're gonna if we're gonna win the Tony for Bates Motel the musical, we may want to like wait a couple of years. And also, after... I mean, we gotta workshop it. First. Exactly. Don't that, get crazy. That and we have to wait until Bates Motel is like all on Netflix. Because if, right. if people are watching. Gotta if, hit it with the hype. If Yeah, as I say, if the whole thing's on Netflix, like if the whole series is on Netflix, the hype will be there. Because that's always what happens with TV shows that are like TV shows and not Netflix shows. Is once it's all on Netflix, it's, you know, people actually <laughs> care about it. Which is kind of sad, and it says a lot about, like, the fate of television in general, but who cares? I mean, it is what it is. It, it's it's, it's going to change well, whether we like it or not, and tune in next week when we have an existential crisis about... Yet again. About TV changing, sounding like old geezers. I don't know. Yep. Because that's what I sound like right now. That's That's who we are. It's what we've become. And and here's hoping another episode of Dylan surviving. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really wish I had a clever way to end this, but... We were both sick during this episode, and... Yeah. I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry, guys. Um, just be happy that I even have a voice right now. Consider yourself hashtag blessed. Also, just just know that Chick got shot this week for wearing cargo shorts, and let that be a message to all of you. Justice for all. And no justice for cargo shorts. Justice for Juno. Is that how we're going to end this? Yeah. All right, well, then we'll see you next week, and hopefully we'll see Juno. <laughs>